Welcome to episode 102 of the FarmExec podcast. I'm Elaine Quilici, Editor-in-Chief of FarmExec Magazine, here along with my co-host, Group Social Media Editor, Miranda Schmalfus. FarmExec Magazine is a multimedia publishing brand that brings you the latest insights to master the science of success. On this week's episode, Miranda and I have the pleasure of speaking with Mike DeVoy, Chief Medical Officer of Bayer and Executive Vice President of Medical Affairs and Pharmacovigilance for the company's pharmaceuticals division. Mike talks about the need for innovation by pharmaceutical companies to overcome the challenges presented by an aging population. Let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll be right back with Mike. What if you had limitless access to customer insights, accelerated timelines, and set fees? At True Serum Network, we're fueled by connections in virtually every area of healthcare as part of MJH Life Sciences. The result? Audience-fed creative and more powerful content in less time. True Serum Network, releasing what's real. Find out more at truesterumntwk.com. Hello, podcasters. Today, Miranda and I will be interviewing Mike DeVoy, Chief Medical Officer of Bayer and Executive Vice President of Medical Affairs and Pharmacovigilance for the company's pharmaceuticals division. Mike is here to discuss how innovation, including the digitalization of healthcare delivery and breakthrough technologies such as cell and gene therapies, can help people make the most out of the longer lives they're living today. Thanks for joining us today, Mike. Thank you, Elaine. It's a real pleasure for me to be here today, and I'm really looking forward to our discussion. Yes, thanks for joining us, Mike. So what are some of the greatest challenges that pharma faces with an aging population? Thank you. And I'd like to just put in context a couple of things. One, there are certainly challenges, but also we should really embrace this as a very positive overall change in society that we're able to live longer, more productive lives, more opportunity to be with our friends and family and do things for much longer than maybe in the past. But just to put some figures out there, between 2015 and 2050, the proportion of the world's population over 60 years will double from currently or then 12% to approximately 22%. And by 2020, the number of people aged 60 years and older will outnumber children younger than five years. So we're seeing a big change and that's really happening in virtually every country in the world to a somewhat different extent and slightly different time frame. And so in, in the face of that aging society, living longer and healthier, really the challenge is to deal with the chronic diseases that have come along with the aging process. And They include cancer, but also importantly, cardiovascular diseases such as heart failure, chronic kidney disease. And these are really diseases that can have a severe impact on one's longevity, but also importantly, one's quality of life. And still we see limited treatment options for those serious and very prevalent diseases. So we really need new breakthroughs and treatment options for patients to help treat and even reverse some of these diseases. So that's to me really one of the challenges in the context of this aging society we're facing. And also that's why the World Health Organization is actually called the decade we're now in between 2021 and 2030 as the decade of healthy aging. So what got you interested in this area? For me, I really find it fascinating as a medical doctor physician by training because it intersects 
health, which is central to my personal mission and passion, but also many other aspects of what's happening in society in terms of the financial burden on society of an aging population, social factors, etc. And I believe as a pharmaceutical company, we do have a key role in living up to this vision of giving people longer and healthier lives. So really in my role as the chief medical officer at Bayer, what I'm trying to do is drive innovations for healthy aging and find solutions that we can contribute to the vision of people having longer and healthier and more fulfilled lives as our population ages. And for example, we're working hard on developing treatments for conditions such as chronic kidney disease, which affects more than 160 million people worldwide with type 2 diabetes, for example, who lose kidney function and then have to undergo treatments such as dialysis and then often premature death and cardiovascular events. And also heart failure, which can very significantly impact on people as they get older and as they develop impairment of their heart function. So that's two areas in the cardiovascular arena where Bayer is bringing forward and looking for new treatments and bringing them to patients and society. So what are some of the breakthroughs like cell and gene therapies that might provide some of the greatest benefits to these patients? So that's a really important topic and one we all are hearing more and more about as we read around this topic and look at what's exciting in science at the moment and something that is being called the biorevolution, which really is opening new approaches to how we might treat and even a reverse and potentially cure some diseases. And that's why at Bayer, we've made a big commitment to the field of cell and gene therapy by acquiring some important companies there that are working on these areas, such as stem cell therapy, which could be used to treat diseases such as Parkinson's disease, for example, and gene therapy, which can be treated single gene problems, but also potentially in the future, more complex diseases such as heart failure. And also it allows new approaches to providing cell therapies in cancer and the use of gene editing to address diseases as well. So I feel that the area of cell and gene really potentially in the future gives us the chance to make some more transformational changes in how we're looking at both acute and particularly chronic diseases. And as I say, maybe reversing chronic changes over time. And one subsidiary, a company called Blue Rock of Bayer's is running what I believe is an exciting clinical program, looking at the treatment of Parkinson's disease using cell therapy and injecting living cells into the brain to hopefully restore some of the function that is lost with Parkinson's disease. And by replacing those lost neurons in the appropriate part of the brain, the potential to actually regenerate lost function and improve and reverse the disease. And we're now in the clinical stage, having enrolled the first cohort of patients in the United States and Canada successfully, and now moving on to the next stage. So really making important progress there, I believe, in addressing important degenerative diseases that come with aging. So that's, I think, one interesting and important example of how we might use these new cell and gene technologies in the area of aging. And how can digitalization play a role in prolonging a healthy life? Digitalization is around us in all parts of our life, including in healthcare. And I think in the last two years of this terrible pandemic, we've seen how 
digital has really helped us maintain a lot of activities in our personal and work lives and in the healthcare system very much where a lot of healthcare has moved to virtual and online delivery. But one area where I think this could be important for living up to the aim of giving a healthy aging experience for society is using digital to create a concept to what I call integrated care. So giving people digital tools that help them monitor their health on an ongoing and continuous basis and giving guidance to how they might want to adjust their lifestyle, their treatment, their care, and putting that information into the hands of both the patient, the individual, and also their healthcare physicians and other healthcare professionals working with them. So the idea is that you really have tools and digital systems that can help people with ideally preventing chronic diseases coming on if they have them detecting deteriorations, detecting ways they can intervene to more early treat and prevent. So one practical example would be if you're living with heart failure, that one of the worst things that can happen is that your heart failure has an acute deterioration, which can require a medical visit or even a hospital stay. And we know that if we can give people more feedback over time and how their health situation is, how their heart failure is tracking, that they can take an intervention, take some adjustment of their therapy or go to visit the doctor before they maybe reach a much more severe stage and have to have a stay in hospital, which can lead obviously to a lot of burden and complications. And that's something we're working on at Bayer is really bringing together these digital solutions that are, you know, focused on giving patients more ability to manage and control their chronic diseases. Hi, podcasters. This is Miranda Schmalfis, Group Social Media Editor for Pharmaceutical Executive. Do you know our next Emerging Pharma Leader? Nominations are closing soon. Make sure to submit your nominations to emergingpharmaleaders.awardsplatform.com before February 25th. That's emergingpharmaleaders.awardsplatform.com. What type of education investment needs to be made in order to give people access to these new digital platforms? I think what's important there is really that we are providing solutions which are reliable and easy to use for individuals and patients, and that they feel they have quick and secure access to these solutions because obviously they're dealing with our personal healthcare information. So we need to have something which is reliable and safe and uh, suitably controlled from a privacy point of view. And also importantly, these things need to be intuitive and easy to navigate and use. You can't expect um, or want people to have to spend a lot of time dealing with the mechanics, but at the front, what the patient, what we see should be straightforward and uh, easy to work with and implement and get practical advice that they can then take into better managing their disease so that this in an ideal situation would be something that is really integrated and part of everyday life that you don't really need to hopefully think about very often except when you maybe need to take a specific action or deal with some information that's come but on an ongoing basis it's really just something that's part of your normal activities of daily living. So how important is it to involve patients in helping to develop these drugs or solutions? 
absolutely critical. And for me, to be a truly successful healthcare company, the patient has to be at the center of everything you're trying to achieve, be that trying to understand the which diseases you should be researching, then how you would develop and run clinical trials, and then how you bring these solutions, be they medicines or digital solutions, to the market. So for me and for us at Bio, we're really putting the patient at the center of all these activities. So it's a critical part of that. And bringing the patients into these discussions in an early and very meaningful way so that we're bringing the patient perspective into the clinical trial process. So learning from patients with different perspectives and with from diverse age groups and groups in society about what they need from a clinical trial, how the study should be designed to measure things which really are critical for them in the disease. And then how can that study run in a way which is friendly, is you know, appropriate and something that they are able to participate in and continue with over time. And so we would in the past engage with doctor, medical experts, but now we're also engaged in bringing patient advisory groups to give us insights on these sort of topics. I think it's also important because to me that's part of creating a transparency with the broader society in which we work that patient groups can see what we're doing how we're doing it and impact on and offer us their input and their ideas on how we should best create these solutions and i think it becomes just if not more critical when you talk about digital solutions that there the patient really has to co-create them with us so that they're really doing something which can be meaningful, productive, and adapted by patients in their everyday lives. So I really see the patient at the center of this whole endeavor. And if you don't achieve that, I think you will not succeed as much as you can or should do. Given the need for fast solutions when it comes to dealing with an older patient group, how can companies increase their speed in development? Speed of development is one of the most critical things for a healthcare and innovation company. So We are involved in a lot of collaborations across industry and also with public sector groups and with the companies we partner with to really see how we can accelerate developing solutions, be they medicines or digital solutions. And again, one of the things that we've seen in fighting the pandemic is how much you can achieve quickly if you approach things in that collaborative and focused and positive way. So it's really important, I believe, we continue that momentum as we go forward. So just to pick out a few things, I think really creating partnerships and ones which look in a creative way at chronic diseases from more than one direction and more than one potential solution will really help us having impact and bringing the different perspectives in. And that is something we've been working hard on and continuing to build on. I think also it's important that healthcare and the private sector collaborates and works with the public sector regulators and other bodies to make sure we have the right sort of forums for collaboration at the national or even global level so we can move things faster, break down some of the barriers we have in place of building these solutions because 
there is a need to do this as quickly as possible. If you think back to just the scale of the change in our population we face with aging over the next 30 years. Mike, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been really interesting learning about how pharma needs to tap into cutting edge technologies when it comes to creating treatments for an aging population. Thank you. It was my pleasure to be here today. I really feel passionately about this topic as one of the most critical areas we face as society and also where I believe the pharmaceutical and healthcare industry can really play a critical part in improving and bringing the vision of a longer, healthier, more productive life as our societies age. What if you had limitless access to customer insights, accelerated timelines, and set fees? At True Serum Network, we're fueled by connections in virtually every area of healthcare as part of MJH Life Sciences. The result? Audience-fed creative and more powerful content in less time. True Serum Network, releasing what's real. Find out more at trueserumntwk.com. And now it's time for this week's leadership tips from pharma execs. My name is Mike DeVoy. I'm the chief medical officer of Bayer and a physician by training. And my tip is be a lifelong learner. This for me is critical to be a leader in business and be effective. I went to medical school and studied hard, I think, but quite a few years ago. But what I've learned is You really need to keep learning, keep understanding the environment you're in, picking up new things and every day and every year taking advantage of that. So learn and don't just learn by studying, but also we're all surrounded by great colleagues. So listen, take advice from whoever in your organization can help you or outside. So my tip is be a lifelong learner. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's Farm Exec podcast. We are always pleased to take you behind the headlines, provide expert tips from industry leaders, and give you an inside look at what the Farm Exec staff is working on. Remember, you can always find us on the web at farmexec.com, on Twitter at farmexec, on Instagram at farmexecutive, and on YouTube. The views expressed on this podcast do not reflect the views of Farmexec, its parent company, or our advertisers. For editorial questions, please email Editor-in-Chief Elaine Quilici at E-Q-U-I-L-I-C-I at MJHLifeSciences.com. And for sponsorship opportunities, please email group publisher Todd Baker at T-B-A-K-E-R at MJHLifeSciences.com.